You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm so glad you're here today. If you want to call in, by the way, the phone number is 608-501-0718. That number again, 608-501-0718. Please call in. Give me your thoughts on everything that you've ever had. The enthusiasm today is um, somewhat sarcastic. If I may give you a little backstory, tomorrow, when you inevitably tune into the Packernet podcast, what you're going to hear is me complaining that um, my podcast got deleted because of negligence, whatever. We don't need to really worry about it, but the point is the podcast got deleted, and I was very annoyed to have to re- record the whole freaking thing. Guess what I'm doing right now? Guess what I'm doing right now? I'm re-recording the exact same. You know, everybody that does podcasts will inevitably come across that one time when the podcast gets deleted and it sucks. Like, dang it, man, I worked so hard and I did so much to, you know, put this whole thing together and it got deleted. Well, that's what happened to tomorrow's podcast. That also what happened to this podcast. I was so excited. I got my Packernet After Dark done. I got my Packernet done. I'm uploading them. And Packernet After Dark is 45 seconds long. And I'm an idiot. And I deleted the audio file. So it's gone forever. It's just gone. It's just, it's it's nowhere to be found. So after hours of saying, screw it, there will be no Packernet After Dark. I'm sitting here working on an article. I'm getting bored and I'm feeling like I need to do something. And I want to talk to the people, so I'm going to go ahead and do this again. Maybe it's a bad idea. I have no idea. But this is what we're going to do. We're going to record this episode all over again. And again, good news for you tomorrow when you get to tune in. You get an equally crabby pack daddy that is upset that he has to re-record a podcast. So extra grouchy back-to-back Packernet podcast. Congratulations to you for winning the freaking lottery. Question is, where did I leave off? I'm pretty sure we started today with Trevor's call. I could be wrong, and if I messed up, then I apologize, but that's what we're going to do. So, Trevor, kick this bad boy off again. <clears throat> hey, Ryan. Uh, I know you brought up a lot about how LaFleur gets on the podium, and we'll say I don't know to questions. And I don't, I don't think he's saying I don't know because he really doesn't know. I just don't think he wants to answer the question. Um and I just, I don't know. I, there I go. But anyway, I, I think it's kind of funny. Um, just like everybody gets mad at him for these answers, but like, I guess people give Belichick some, but like, he's done this for over 20 years. Like, he'll say, I don't know all the time when he doesn't want to answer the question, or he'll just like stare at you and not even respond at all with any words. Like, and press conferences, the dude's a huge, um, and I don't know, he's seen as like, Probably, we definitely like top five head coach in NFL history for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, 
I don't think LaFleur is standing up there literally like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I, I just don't think he wants to answer the question. Or uh, more concerning, well, it's not more concerning because I don't think you need to do it all in the media, but or he thinks the issue is Rodgers but can't say that at the podium, which unless your quarterback's like terrible, terrible, I I don't see getting at the podium and trashing them, but, you know, I seem to talk a little negative about other players, so let's do it a little bit there, too. But I think it might be also a little bit of that, but not wanting to say it about Rodgers when he knows what the problem was. Like, there's a lot of talk about him always saying, oh, we need to run the ball more, we need to run the ball more, and I feel like he's probably over. I feel like he was probably was calling more run plays, and Rodgers, you know, audible is out of it. He has that ability every single play. He can audible out, so... Um, you know, I think it's, I think there's frustration there, and I think that's more what it's rooted in. Um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, go back. So look, I, I, I don't think we're necessarily on the same page with this one. I think Bill Belichick generally makes it very obvious that he just doesn't want to talk to the media. I think what Matt LaFleur is doing is very different. Let me give you an example. Um, I tried to look this up. Fortunately, I found it earlier. Matt LaFleur admits ignorance on how to fix a Packers, written um, Wisconsin Sports Heroics article by Jordan Ziegler. Um, A reporter asked LaFleur why the offense hasn't been able to play a complete game well up to this point in the season. LaFleur gave a surprising answer that won't comfort Packer fans. Quote, that's a fair question. I don't know. I mean, obviously, if I knew, we wouldn't be in this spot, right? LaFleur asked. We're in a pretty bad predicament right now. So the issue that I have is that he's not just blowing this off. He's not just going, yeah, I don't know. Next question. He's saying specifically, I don't know. Good question. If I knew, we wouldn't be in this situation. He's not only saying he doesn't know, he's giving evidence that he doesn't know. Why would you do that? Even, listen... I think it's probably true of 90% of coaches that they don't know what the heck they're doing. But none of them admit it. Because it's bad for the locker room. It's bad for your employer. It's bad for the fans. It's not the right answer to give. To flat out say, I don't know. If I did, we wouldn't be in this situation. Here is, by the way, him saying exactly, just so we're clear, because it may be like me just saying things and everybody assuming that they mean, you know, just so we're clear on exactly what I'm talking about Matt LaFleur doing. That's a great question. It's a fair question. I don't know. I mean, obviously, if I knew, we, we wouldn't be in this spot, right? We're in a pretty bad predicament right now. Um, we just could never get into a flow and, you know, give them credit. They, they were tough to block up front. Uh, I felt like we didn't handle any of the movement very well. Um, and, and it just felt like we were calling plays in second and long the whole game. And then when we did break a run, we get called for a holding. So we got to be more disciplined, obviously. Uh, you know, that, that's about as frustrating as a game as I've ever been a part of in terms from an offensive perspective and trying to get something going and you can't and you're looking for answers and uh, it's like, all right, let's try running the ball. Well, and then you're getting, you know, a yard or two or going backwards. Um, but, you know, they, they came in with a, a good game plan and I don't feel like they, they broke profile too many times. Uh, they were a little bit more... Uh, I thought Jeff Albrecht and, and 
that bunch did a nice job of um, kind of not necessarily Rolodexing the calls, but they, they were keeping off, off balance a little bit, changing up a little bit from profile. But we, I, I figured that might be the case, um, you know. But bottom line is if, if we don't get it blocked up front better, it, it's hard because uh, we didn't run the ball effectively. Felt like there was a lot of pressure on our quarterback. I know Aaron took a ton of hits today, and um, that's where the game starts. So we got to coach better. we got to come up with something to alleviate some of the pressure. And um, But, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a pretty poor day offensively. So, I mean, he gave a half answer. And, by the way, this is just one of the times he did this. There, the, the, this isn't even the specific time I was thinking of when he said this um, in the locker room post game in a different game. So there were multiple times he did this and and it wasn't just him going I don't know man stupid question next question. It's him saying yeah I I don't know. Legitimately I don't know. Now again he did give an answer like well I mean we got to block better. I know that. But at the same time what did he say? He said I you know we I first of all I knew what they were going to do. They didn't do anything that surprised me. You know, they, they tried mixing some up, some stuff up, but I expected everything that they were going to do. But nothing we tried worked. And it's one of those things where you say, okay, let's try running it, and that doesn't work. And let's try this, and that doesn't work. And it's just like you throw your hands up and go, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And then after the game, you get asked about it, and he says, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Got to block better, I guess. That's it. That's the whole thing. So, no, I, I, I don't think it's him just saying, yeah, I don't know, stupid question, next. I think it's him legitimately saying, I don't know. Because again, he gave evidence. Not only do I not know, I'm telling you that if I did know, we wouldn't be in this spot and we are in this spot. Therefore, you know that I don't know. Hey, Ryan, I'm not calling in for trivia just yet, but I was listening to the pod. You mentioned Vin Diesel and wondering if he's ever been in a family movie. Yeah, He definitely has. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen The Pacifier. Um, it was okay at best, but yeah, it was a family-friendly movie. He still plays kind of a badass, but like, you know, in like a Dwayne the Rock Johnson playing like the Tooth Fairy sort of way. So yeah, check it out. Um, I do recall a movie called The Pacifier, but that's about the extent of it. And it's funny because I just Googled uh the Pacifier and I'm looking at it and you're right. The the pose and the face that Vin Diesel makes, it's it looks like you took any Vin Diesel movie and put Vin Diesel on it and then photoshopped a bunch of kids around him and a bunch of bags in his hand, and that's it. Like, every movie he's ever made is this picture. You just Photoshop different stuff on him. Like, you Photoshop, like, the glowing eyes, and you got Riddick. Photoshop him in a car. You got Fast and Furious. It's it's the same thing every time. But no, I have not seen uh, The Pacifier. All right, here's the answer for the trivia. Are you smarter than a pack daddy? Uh, number two. It was uh, in some international markets, they had to rename the movie Hoosiers to what uh, because they don't have a word for it and because nobody over there knows what a Hoosier is. Correct answer is Best Shot. The movie had to be renamed to Best Shot. So uh, we will continue when I get some time to call in again with the next question. Go back, Cope. Yeah, I, I, uh, I failed that one miserably. And um, I feel like that's one of those trivia questions where either either you know it or you don't. Uh, because you're definitely not going to be able to guess guess best. I mean, maybe you would. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, so maybe that makes sense. Maybe they say that a billion times. I have no idea. Are you smarter than a pack, Eddie? All right, we got Here question we go. number three. 
Uh, Kip Pardue, who played the quarterback Sunshine yep. in Remember the Titans, Got it. actually played football for which Ivy League school? Harvard. Kip Pardue actually played football at which school? Again, he's the quarterback Sunshine, uh, the long-haired blonde guy um, from the movie Remember the Titans. Great movie. So if you know where he played, uh, call in. And Ryan, I want to know if you know. Go back go. I don't know the answer to the question, but I decided that for this answer, I would just say the absolute first thing that came to my mind. And since I haven't gotten one completely correct yet, um, I'm just going to go with that. answer. you know how sometimes you take a test and um, you start second guessing yourself and then you think you're going to change the answer. And then you think, man, how much would it suck if I got this answer wrong? After changing it, like I had it right, and then I changed it. So then you you you, you just got to leave it, man. Just go with your gut. I'm going with Harvard. Hey Ryan, uh, I had a nightmare the other night, and I need you to analyze it and tell me what you think. All right. It started with the 2023 draft. Chicago trades back. They acquire Bijan Robinson. Sure. Um, they also get Trey Flowers. Okay. And in the offseason, they sign a couple of free agent tackles. And they trade one of their future picks to get uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. So sure. their offense immediately gets better. Right. Uh, Rodgers announces that he's coming back. <laughs> Green Bay trades Love for a third-round pick. And we go into the season – and we lose the first five games right. of the season. Rodgers and uh, Lafleur quit talking to each other. Uh, Rodgers breaks up with his girlfriend. Uh, Tom gets his own podcast. And uh, Green Bay goes on to have one of the worst seasons that they've ever had. Yep. And above all else, they fire Lafleur and hire Joe Barry as their head coach. Um Based on what things they've done in the past, uh, some of these things could possibly come true. Um, but uh, I- I'm beginning to have one of these scenarios where some of the things that I dream about actually do come true. So uh, I just need to be brought back down to earth and uh, given some comfort that these things aren't possible. I'm out. Well, I can't do that for you. But um, what I can tell you is that your dream uh, it's pretty simple. It's telling you that you hate yourself, and uh, I'm very sorry that you hate yourself. Uh, I don't know why that is. You seem like a nice fella, but it's very obvious to me that you uh, hate everything about yourself. I did ask the robot to give me an analysis of your dreams, and the robot was an idiot, so I'm not going to do that again. But uh, yeah, pretty straightforward. You hate yourself. I, I will tell you, I may have I may have said this before, and since I said it earlier today, I don't feel like elaborating a ton, but um, I have had a dream come true. Uh, freaks me out to this day. And um, so so he, he, here's essentially what I, I had a dream. I was doing landscaping. And I was just working on this job forever. We're trying to dig a hole and I cannot, it's just really hard ground. And we just, we're stuck there like all day. It's the worst job in the world. So anyways, I wake up, crazy dream. I go to work. I tell my boss about it. Like I had this crazy dream. It was landscaping and we were digging this hole and I couldn't dig it. The ground was hard, whatever. And he's like, well, don't worry, we're, uh, we're mowing lawns today. I'm like, oh, perfect, just mowing lawns, no big deal. He gets a phone call, and he comes over, and he's laughing. He's like, all right, look, we got to go real quick. 
And uh, there's this lady who wants us to do a, uh, just just do a bid or something. I don't exactly remember how it all panned out. And I'm like, I don't know, dude, it's not a good idea. I don't like it. And he's like, look, if, if anything goes wrong, we're getting out of there. I'm like, okay. And we go out there and she wants us to like plant some trees or something. And, uh, or, or dig some, I don't exactly remember, but, um, sure enough, grab some, uh, shovels out of the back and, you know, a, a hoe or something. And, and I just, I cannot break the ground. It's just solid rock. And I'm trying, he's just doing like, well, just, just look, just don't worry. Just grab a shovel. Just dig a little hole. We'll plant a couple of trees. We'll get out of here. And he's walking around the property with or whatever. And I'm digging and I cannot dig into this ground. It's just rock hard. And he comes back. I'm like, dude, no way. I'm, I'm, we're looking at it. It's 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 not dirt. It's rock and gravel. And um, he basically tells her, like, look, I'm I, we, maybe we can come back and do something. Um, but right now we just can't. We can't do it. So we end up getting out of there. And I'm like, dude, I freaking told you. We drive to the end of the road, and sure enough, there's like a rock quarry there. So she must be just have her house built on a freaking rock. But um, yeah, it was the craziest thing ever. And he was like, what the heck was that? I was like, I don't know, dude. I told you we shouldn't come out here. I told you we'd be stuck out here all day, whatever. We went and mowed lawns. But um, yeah, had a dream come true, and it kind of freaked me out. So Um, I would say I hope yours doesn't come true, but the Packers trading or the Bears trading back and getting B. John Robinson when the only thing that they have that's any good on their team is a running back Um, and then spending too much money. And by the way, giving away draft. So imagine if they traded back and then they used the extra resources to get DeAndre Hopkins. So they gave that away. And then, which is a short-term proposition, not a long-term proposition, which is stupid for the Bears because they need to build long-term because short-term, they're not going to do jack squat even with DeAndre Hopkins. And then they get Bijan. So they get no tackle help. They get no, um, nothing. They, they, they get a running back. And then, so it's the exact same freaking team. Yeah, it's a better running back, whatever that sucks. But um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the worst possible scenario for the Bears. I'll be completely honest with you. Trading back and using the extra assets, trading back and getting Bijan and then using the extra asset that they acquired to get DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Best of luck to you, morons. I, um, I hope that brings you some consolation, uh, aside from the part where, again, you obviously had a dream in which your brain tried to punish you because it hates you. Hey, Reverend. Hey. 1265 then. How What's you doing? going on, buddy? So anyway. Yeah, hey. That uh, Bob McGinn piece you did, I thought it was interesting. Bob did it. And um, I am a little shocked that you really think that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and play for the Packers. I do. So I remember watching Gutekunst's uh little press conference after the season, and there were a couple things that stuck out, and I thought, you know, I'm going to watch that again and call in and kind of show you by what he said how I think love is the answer. You're great. Okay? So when Goody was asked, if Aaron Rodgers wants to come back, do you want him back? Yeah. Goody said, I want all the guys back. We'll wait until he figures out, makes his decision on his playing career in general, then we'll move forward in that way. That doesn't mean anything. Right. And the only thing that might point to him coming back would be when they asked him, why would you want him back? And he said he can still play at a high level. 
And we made a big commitment last year, which wasn't just for one year. That was his answer. But think contractor. Of course it wasn't just for one year because contractors for more than one year. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Goody wants them back. And then when asked, who gives you the best chance to win, Goody's answer was, he's a four-time MVP. I'm very excited about Jordan, but he hasn't played 16 games. But he ends it with, it's like the move from Favre to Rogers. Whoa. Come on, man. Then they ask him, can you look him in the eye and say, sorry, and say that you're ready to move on if that's the case. And Goody says, yes, but we're not there yet. Well, of course not. It was right after the season. And when asked about his offseason, if he wants Aaron Rodgers there during the offseason, in the mini camps and so on and so forth, he says, we want all the guys here in the offseason. But it's not mandatory. All of those things put together tells me Aaron is not going to be a Packer next year. So you can go ahead and watch it yourself. But most of it is in the first half of it. You just have to watch the first half, and all the Aaron Rodgers stuff gets answered. It's just amazing how many people really think he's going to be the Packers quarterback. Because I really don't think he is. Okay, bye. Yeah, so I do really appreciate this call because I had kind of forgotten about all of this. Um, my recollection has always been the Packers basically said, yes, we definitely want him back, blah, blah, blah. And I'd, I'd forgotten all about this. And you're right, this this ex- exactly um, what was said. And I remember, now that you mentioned it, being kind of shocked because it didn't fall in line with everything I've been hearing. Um, again, from Pat Wisconsin Sports Heroics, this time from uh, Mr. McQuaid Arnold. Um, Brian Gutekunst answers the question, do you want Aaron Rodgers back? Brian Gutekunst on Aaron Rodgers uh, in 2023 after being asked if he wants Aaron Rodgers back. The GM's response was, it'll be an off-season decision for this spring. Surely, yeah, we want all our guys back. We made a big commitment to him this off-season, so that was important. So again, like from my perspective, they've always been very like, oh, we definitely, definitely want him back, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, we, 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 we made a big commitment to him. Yeah, but do you want him back? Well, yeah, I mean, we uh, want all our guys back. What? what you, why? Why aren't you answering the question directly? Why are you? What? What are you? What? What's? What's happening right now? Uh, if we look at the article written by Matt Schneidman, January thirteenth. Now, he his assessment was: it sounds like uh, Gutekunst wants him back, which is not necessarily mine. But goes on to say, whereas Rogers' decision to play for the Packers has been strictly. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. The Packers uh, quarterback said multiple times this season he doesn't think that will be the case this time around. That's not based on anything the team has told the four-time MVP, however. Quote, just a feeling, Rodgers said Sunday night with the Packers season-ending loss to the Lions. Yeah, it's just a feeling. I think to assume it's a foregone conclusion the team wants me back would be probably slightly egotistical. So I'm going to be a realist here and understand that there's a lot of different parts to this. Like I've said, I was aware of the possibility of them going younger, uh, going young, if we had gotten to a point where we were out of it. I'm aware of that possibility as well. Wouldn't be the best reality, but I know it's a possibility. So listen, I don't know definitively. Um, I will say that there is a slightly different tone. I don't think anything that you've said necessarily means he's 100% gone, but it does It does sound different than it has in the past. Um, I think Rodgers is 
realizing some things, whether he's just being kind of a fatalist and being like, well, they don't want me, kind of doing his Eeyore thing or what, I don't know. Um, But I, I still would probably lean toward, because look, I still think it comes down to Rodgers. And the question is, as, as again, I think it was AJ Hawk said, does he want to play yes or no? I lean toward yes. If he wants to play, where does he want to play? I think it's the Packers. And we could say, well, the Packers don't want him. Well, that's not really up to the Packers. Because of the contract they gave Aaron Rodgers, that's entirely up to Aaron Rodgers. Now, the Packers can try to make him un- feel unwelcome so that he tries to, to make the decision to go somewhere else. But if Rodgers says, I'd like to come back, do you really think they're going to say, you're benched for love? Can you imagine that? Like this entire time, even though he's kind of waffling and like, you know, well, I mean, he's a four-time MVP and blah, blah, blah. To then pivot to, to go from, yeah, we want all our guys back. He's a four-time MVP to uh, actually, we want to move on to love and Rogers, we don't want you here. And since you're going to force your way back, we're going to bench you. That's a very different thing. And that's a pretty strong statement to make. And, and honestly, Rogers wouldn't come back, but he would be blindsided by that. Rogers would come back be like, all right, I've decided I want to come back. I want to play for the Packers. And Gutekunst is like, okay, well, then we're going to bench you. Or, or, or Lafleur, which I doubt he would ever have the backbone to say it. But somebody tells him, okay, then you're getting benched for love. And then Rodgers obviously decides at that point he doesn't want to stay with the Packers. But you know he's going to go to McAfee and say this. And the Packers are going to get skewered, and rightly so. Because what a D-bag thing to do. To be like, oh, yeah, we totally want him back. I mean, he's a four-time MVP and all that stuff, for, for sure. Like, we want all our guys back, definitely. And then to pivot and say, actually, we didn't want him back. And now that he's going to force his way back, we're going to have to bench him because we don't want him here. So I get what you're saying. I definitely like the call. I appreciate the context because I had forgotten about that. But it still doesn't bring me quite to the point of, of feeling like um, he's gone. Because, again, it just, it just doesn't entirely make sense to me how that all materializes. Say, who you aiming at? But that's weird. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break right here. Uh, we will be back momentarily. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. You got to recognize the man is an enterprise. Cali Pride, Ronta Rider, South Centralized. Keep hitting the wrong button. Dang it. Dr. Dreo is busting into my podcast, dude. Get out of here. Get your own life. 
Hey, Ryan. It's Seth. So uh, you were talking about uh, superheroes the other day on uh, Packernet After Dark. Yeah. And uh, I just have to tell you, uh, you're wrong. All right. So uh, you were dogging on Batman and Iron Man because they're self-made superheroes. And that's why they're my two favorite superheroes. To be clear, I wasn't dogging on them for that. I respect that. And if I'm honest, Iron Man is probably one of my favorites. Superman was, or uh, Spider-Man was my guy back in the day. Spider-Man cartoons, I was all about it. But if I had to pick, like, a thing that's the most enjoyable to watch, aside from that one Batman movie, which Batman sucked in that movie, but, you know, Joker was good. Um, Iron Man might be it. I dig Iron Man for sure. My issue isn't that they're bad, quote-unquote, superheroes. I, I just, if, if you had to pick somebody to win a fight, those guys would get killed. In a, in a split second. And these these movies, fake as can be. Because they're, I mean, they're just they're just going to die immediately. Especially Batman. That dude, he's, he's <laughs> what is even on his head? It's this little tiny thing that barely covers his head. He get punched in the face, it's going to cave his skull in. Doesn't have to be born from some magic. At least Iron Man has like a full head thing that's made out of like a metal. Batman's wearing like a cloth Eye covering. <laughs> She's dead. Planet or have some crazy thing happen that gives them superpowers. Yeah. They they uh, made themselves superheroes. Right. And, That's why they're uh, going to die. You know, my favorite is Iron Man, and you're talking about, you know, if you get thrown through a building or something, you'd be dead. Yeah. That's why he's got that suit that's made of, like, ridiculous steel, never mm. seen before. Um, and that doesn't exist, but that he made. But again, that's that's not the point. Here's what would happen if he got, let's just say, punched by some crazy superhero thing and he's flying at 500 miles an hour. You know what happens when he smacks into a brick wall? The suit is fine because he built this amazing suit out of this thing. You know what happens when the suit opens up? There's a bunch of sludge on the inside because his his body would deteriorate. It's not the suit. The suit is fine. Yeah, he built a great suit, but it's not going to protect your body. Do you know what happens when your brain is flying at 500 miles an hour and then slams into your skull when your skull comes to a dead stop? Um, you're dead, and your bones evaporate and everything else. Like you're, you're, you're dead. So yeah, the suit might hold up for sure. He built a great uh, metal compound of some sort, but your body will, you're dead. <laughs> that's, that's not... Uh, it's not, it's not, I don't mean to knock his suit. I'm just, I'm just pointing out some, what I believe to be pretty basic physics, I guess. And so, uh, yeah, just needed to tell you, you know, uh, he's, uh, Iron Man's the best, plus he saved the whole, you know, half the population yeah. in the Marvel movies. No, he's cool. By, uh, reversing the snappy finger thing with, uh, uh she was, the heck was that Mick called with all the jewels on it? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, Iron Man's the bomb, that's all. No, I... I'm with you. I like Iron Man. Not a huge fan of Batman, but I like Iron Man. What I'm saying is, if you applied a shred of realism to Iron Man and you put him into a fight with Bat or or uh, uh, Superman, he's he's just dead. And the reason is, I can't apply any laws of physics to Superman or anything because I don't know what his bones are made out of or how any of that stuff works with him. I have no idea. He's Superman. He can fly. I mean, if he can go from zero to 50,000 miles an hour in one second, I'm guessing his brain can handle it. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know how his body is constructed. I don't know his biology. 
But I know Iron Man's just a dude. And I know if that dude falls out of a building at however many hundreds of feet in the air and um, comes to a dead stop when he lands on the ground, he's going to die. Again, his suit might be fine, but he's dead. And that's not, uh, not uh, I don't think, super debatable. Because especially since the, the suit is so rigid, it's not like... It's not like one of those things that's like a cushion, you know? I saw it just recently today. There was a thing. Um, somebody invented some device where if, like, the building's on fire, you can put on this backpack and you pull the ripcord and it, like, launches you out of this window. It, like, breaks the glass, launches you out, and then you land, like, comfortably. But the reason is because there's, like, a, a, a cushion, which does what? It decelerates you as you land. You don't go from... 150 miles an hour to zero miles an hour, you know? It's just, it it slows you down. Probably still sucks when you hit the ground, but... um, So, yeah. I like Iron Man. Seems like a cool guy. I like the movies. I dig it. Uh, he built a cool suit. Respectable, you know? Spider-Man, I mean, what did he do? Nothing. He got bit by a spider and suddenly became superhuman. But that doesn't defeat the fact that Spider-Man in a real fight with Iron Man kicked the living crap out of him. I mean... I don't know, maybe maybe Iron Man catches him with a rocket in the jaw and that ends him. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, I think pretty much anyone kicks the crap out of Batman. Let's just put it that way. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? It's Omar the Firefighter. Hey, man. Uh, I, was, I just had to call. I called, uh, I think, yesterday, two days ago, whatever. But uh, I had to call back and just tell you that I laughed and enjoyed the conversation. Oh, he was talking about uh, racism. Uh, not liking Jordan Love because he's black and he had that, like a, a good intellectual conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like, just not really that. It's just a small minority of people. Which I agree. Um, but I, I laughed my butt off when you came up with a name. You were thinking about Pakistan and I just started laughing at <laughs> that whole thing when she talked to the robot. was hilariously funny. Thank you. That made my day. Um, also wanted to just call this actually not even really a subject. I just wanted to shout out Green Bay, Wisconsin uh, area, um, because I've been, I think I've been like six times, but the very first time I went was, I think, 2010, and, and you know, me being a black guy and my family, it was like, I was like the only black person there at first, right, before the game, so I'm just looking at it, and I'm just like, it's like a fish, like a fish in a fishbowl. But everybody was so nice. Like, even the drives up there and everything. Like, every white person I met was, like, super nice, super cool. And I was, it was just, like, amazing. And then when the game came, you know, then it was, I think it might have been Packers family night or something. It was the first time I ever went. And then, you know, uh, when the game came off, I saw some more black people. And it was kind of funny. Like, hey, I see you over there. Man, I see you over there. It was just kind of funny. And, uh, but it was like everybody was nice, and I really enjoyed it. So I wanted to just show some love to Green Bay, Wisconsin, that if anybody has never been, especially if you're a person of color, I definitely will recommend it. Um, and I think it's racist people everywhere in every state and every county and whatever. But I just really enjoyed myself, and uh, there's a lot of nice, great people there. So just wanted to say thank you, guys and girls. And um, go Pack Go. All right. Oh, yeah, one last, one last thing. Fire Aaron Rodgers, fire Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> well, I do, uh, I do appreciate the call because, you know, I, I honestly, I just think it's kind of sad because 
There are a lot of people who would believe because they listen to certain people on Twitter and certain people in the media and everything else. They believe as minorities that if they go to Green Bay, Wisconsin, that maybe maybe it's an irresponsible decision. You know, if I go and I bring my kids, it might not be the best thing because there are these racist white people who will see my children of color and will treat them poorly or maybe they'll attack me, or maybe they'll think these things of me, or maybe they'll make some comments to me. It's insane. Again, with with the caveat, as you put out there, Omar, yes, racists all over the place, every state, every city, every county, everywhere across the board, white racists, black racists, brown racists. There's, there's, there's people that hate people for all kinds of reasons. But I think it's wildly unfair the fact that the citizens of Green Bay, Wisconsin, for no reason whatsoever, are constantly accused of being this racist hellhole. It's unbelievable to me. For no reason whatsoever. And, and, and again, if, if I were to say this on Twitter right now, everybody, oh, I, I grew up there and I knew lots of racists and I, it's a racist. Okay, fine. I'll tell you what. If, if you're a minority and you've been to Green Bay, you tell me. How did you feel? Were you accosted? Were you attacked? Or did somebody offer you a beer and a brat? Come on, man. Again, there's D-bags everywhere. But I think it's wildly unfair. I'll tell you what. If you are Hispanic or black or whatever, you're, you're much safer in Green Bay, Wisconsin, than you are in Chicago, wearing a Packers jersey. Because the color of your skin means a lot less than the color of the jersey you're wearing. Seriously. You really believe that you'd be in danger? Absolutely not. And, and I'll, t- I'll even take it a step further. If, by some chance, you did come across one of those garbage human beings, you know what would happen? You would have the support of every other person there. Every other person there would have your back and would be disgusted with whatever comments or thing that that other person did. And the police would have your back and the, the, the government would have your back and the Packers would have your back and, and the fans would have your back and everybody would have your back. Because you know what? Racist behavior is not acceptable in America today. It happens, but it's not acceptable. And it's not even acceptable in places like Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I I really do. I'm not even a citizen there or a resident there. But I do find it completely despicable that um, because they're an easy target, some people want to feel morally superior. superior, So they're going to cast aspersions on an entire community as these horrific racists. And I just think it's insane. And I think it detracts. And, And you shouldn't have felt uncomfortable going there as though, you know, what if what if something happens? You shouldn't have to feel that way because you know what? Nothing's going to happen to you. You shouldn't be any more worried than I am that I'm going to come across some drunk guy that's going to come up and just start swinging at me because he's out of his mind drunk, which isn't entirely a possibility. You know, you got to watch out. Anything could happen. And yeah, you got to prepare for the worst case scenario. But I I, I really just do think it's kind of disgusting the way that um, Green Bay, Wisconsin is treated. You know, NFL players shouldn't go there because it's a bunch of white racist old men. It's 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 kind of disgusting because it's an easy target. 
And because it's acceptable to be racist to a town like Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I think it's disgusting. And I think it's cowardly. I'm not talking about you, Omar. I'm saying it's it's unfair that you would even feel that way based on these stereotypes that are cast upon the community. Because you know what? If you go walking around and you yell, go, Pat, go, you're not going to get, you know, dirty looks. You're going to have people screaming, go, Pat, go. And they're going to shake your hand and they're going to give you a hug and they're going to offer you a brat and a beer. And if you hear some polka music and you go dancing, you know what? People are going to freaking love it. If you dance, you walk up to some old drunk woman and start polka dancing with her, she's going to dance right back. And nobody's going to be yelling at you about cultural appropriation because everybody just wants to have a good time and celebrate the color of your jersey. That's it. That's the only thing that matters. We got to stop with this nonsense and stop listening to people that are telling you all this stuff. People that make you afraid of those places. We're all a family, man. It's a Packer family. Men, women, black, white, whatever. Who cares? Yes, there's bad people. People that don't like me, people that don't like you, people that don't like all kinds of people. Who cares? Screw them. Let them just be pissy and angry and miserable. That's their problem. But stop letting people convince you that they're everywhere and they're lurking around every corner because they're not. So again, I appreciate the call and saying that because there are probably a lot of people that genuinely believe it wouldn't be the right thing to bring their family there because of things that they've heard. And shame on the people that have said that. You should go. You should enjoy yourself. You should bring your family. It's a fun family. Well, I don't know about family. It's a little It's a little bit of drinking going on. But it's a fun environment, and you should experience it. And yeah, a lot of white people there. You're, you're going to be um, lonely if you're trying to find <laughs> people that are, you know, that look like you or whatever. But uh, you'll find them. But in the meantime, you'll have a good time. And that's what matters. Hey, Ryan. Just uh, calling to uh, talk about uh, chair noise. Finally. So I have to say, for like the last two years or however long you've been talking, you know, in the middle of the podcast, like, oh, that chair's. <laughs> to be honest, I've never been able to hear it. Ever. Okay, good. Um, I don't know if that's my phone or whatnot. But anyways, I was listening to Packernet After Dark the other day, and I heard it for the first time. <laughs> And you just lost your mind. And I have to be honest, it, it uh, I was dying laughing. It was so funny. So uh, maybe uh, maybe you should keep the chair noise going as long as you can continue to get pissed about it when it happens because it, uh, it's pretty funny. All right. Bye. I will say it never ceases ever. The most popular segments of this show have always been the moments that have nothing to do with the show. The first time I had a bunch of people call in, I remember Ryan from back in the day, one of my earliest uh, listeners, supporters, whatever, and he would talk about how um, he used to love Dance Party and his kids love Dance Party and all this stuff. And um, essentially what that was is I'd wake up early before work and sometimes I'd, you know, I'd set multiple alarms and if I get up on that first alarm, I'd have a bunch of other alarms going off. And I used to have another phone that had like a, it was like a techno kind of um, music. And so whenever it would interrupt, I would just like break into like, we would have a, a segment called dance party and everybody, and I shouldn't say everybody, but people loved it. It was like their favorite thing. And then later, maybe the next most popular thing was the cricket that was in that same basement. There was a cricket. I couldn't find it anywhere, but it kept chirping. Like, Where the heck is that cricket? Couldn't find it. People would message me. Hey, what's going on with the cricket? Where'd the cricket go? I missed the cricket. How's the cricket doing? It's always the stupid interruptions that are the best part of any podcast. So I'll say this. If you're starting a podcast, don't get over crazy with the editing. All right? Keep it authentic and uh, just 
you know, let the cricket chirp, let the kids talk, let the chair squeak on the freaking floor for like five seconds straight over the course of a 30-minute period, just back and forth just to tick me off. You know, I mean, just stuff like that. Let the alarm go off on your phone. Don't go back and delete it. Just let it ride, man. Authentic. Apparently is what people like. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, um, last time I recorded this, I ended it with Omar. We're kind of getting to that point to end it. So let's, uh, let's do the final call here with Omar and see what's going on. What's going on? It's Omar Firefighter. What up, man? Uh, hey, I was calling, and I know my last call, I was like, fire Rogers. Yeah. With my last comment, which I do feel like, because I, I know we're going to be in cap hell, because I don't really feel like he's going to play two more seasons. He might play one more, and that's just going to kill us. But I was going to say, give me, give, giving you a scenario, I want you to tell me what you would do um, if you could do three moves. All right, so, if and, and that's if Aaron Rodgers comes back. So three moves that you would do for the franchise to try to win the Super Bowl that's realistically possible that you can do. That's why I want to hear yours. Uh, mine, uh, fresh off the top of my dome, would be one trade our third round pick for D. Hopkins um, because they're, they're trying to get rid of him and they got him for a second. He was worth more than that when they got him. Now, you know, I think we probably can get us for a third easy, and we have a hot third. So that way you got Hopkins, and then you got Watson, and then you got Dobbs. Um, then I would, wouldn't want to, but we'll have to trade Love. I would trade Love, see if we can get a second for Love, uh, which we might, or we can get another third for Love. Either way, so we recoup that um, for the D-Hop trade. Then this is one, two... And the last one will probably pick up uh, a tackle because it's like I don't think we got no money. The only thing we could probably do that. Um, but I guess draft a tackle or trade back, actually. We got to just get as much trouble as possible. So I would trade our pick, trade down, get a later first-round pick and another second, and then just build up the O-line, get the tight end, and then just basically try to go all in with that. Um, but also get the best player available. Cause like, I, I like the idea when you say you get a corner because nobody would be able to pass on us if we had like three, four great corners. So that would be a good, you know, thing. We wouldn't be able to stop the run, which I think we sucked at anyway this year. But that would be my, my three moves. What would be your three moves um, if Aaron Rodgers comes back to try to win it all? All right, bye. Yeah, so... <sighs> I mean, it's it's tough because it's kind of a made up scenario, um, and you're you're kind of making it easy on me by making it feel like this is you know our our one shot, like we're going a hundred percent all in. And if that's the case, I'm pretty much lockstep with you. My three things would be trade Jordan Love because this is the only year that matters. Um, I do like D Hop. I don't know if it's a third round or a second round. I know I get your logic, but I also don't know what he cost um, in the past, which maybe, you know, it was harder to trade because he had an expensive contract, although he still has a pretty expensive contract and he's older and he didn't really produce a ton the last year or two. Um, and then the the third would be the draft. And, and the only thing I guess I would add to what you said is it needs to be a player that produces today, right? So, you know, Bijan... No, because he doesn't help us win 
right this second. Um, at least in terms of like, how could I add the most? And, and it would be the same for Brian Branch too. Safety is not going to get us over the hump. Maybe I mean, it, it's going to help the team, but I want that big impact. You know, give me a tackle. Give me a edge rusher. Give me a wide receiver or a tight end. Um, but it's got to be something that's a big improvement, something that adds touchdowns, adds sacks. Give me those those big numbers, that big improvement. And, um, yeah, that, that's that's probably – I mean, I wouldn't add a wide receiver if we went and got D-Hop, but – yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Trade uh, trade Jordan for the most that we can get. Use that to to get assets to help us win, and um, draft for immediate need, which means maybe getting away from our strategy of finding those high upside guys. You know, the guys with the the high athleticism that maybe in two or three years can really reach their peak. No, those guys that are ready today. You know, Michael Mayer. Um, I don't know who else, uh, Skaronsky maybe or something, somebody that can step in today and just help us dominate the league. Um, now, that is somewhat of a different question to just saying what if Rodgers comes back and leaving it at that. Um, because the, I, I guess the problem is I'm still forward-facing. I'm still looking at you know the future, which is part of the problem I have with Rodgers coming back. It's like Rodgers is coming back. What do you want to do? It's like, well, I still want to. I don't really want to focus on this year. I want to focus on the future because that's more important, which is why Rogers shouldn't come back. So that that's a harder question. So I'll just, I'll go with the first one and just say, I'm, I'm more or less with you. I, I like D hop a lot. Um, even if we say he's not peak D hop, which he's not, he's still a veteran. He's still extremely talented. He's that X receiver that we need. Um, and um, Rogers is going to love him. And uh, just makes a lot of sense. So, um, Leave it at that. I really hope you appreciated this because I recorded it twice. And if this doesn't get up uploaded, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> but uh, have a good night and enjoy tomorrow's Equally Annoyed podcast. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.